Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place today, in this house, Father. As we assemble together in the name of the Lord, your Spirit is here indwelling us. We yield ourselves to you today, Holy Spirit, to have your way, to do what you want to do in us. Wonderful revealer of truth. Oh, glory to God. The one who takes the things of Jesus and reveals them to us, tells them to us, speaks those things to our heart. Glory to God, our wonderful helper. Oh, we would be helpless were it not for our helper. Glory to God. We're grateful to, to today, Father. We're grateful, Lord Jesus, that when you ascended on high, you, you gave the gift of the Holy Spirit. You sent him into this life and into our lives Father, as our helper, glory to God. We're grateful today. We overcome through you, Father. We overcome through you, Lord Jesus. We overcome through you, blessed Holy Spirit. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. When Jesus left, he said, I will not leave you orphans. I will send the helper. You know, if it, wasn't, if it wasn't but for the Holy Spirit, if it wasn't for him, we would be like orphans here. We would have a father. We would have a Lord Jesus, but they'd be far away in heaven. We'd have the word, but we wouldn't have anybody living in us. Oh, glory to God. We're, no, we're not orphans. We haven't been cast aside. We're not without help. We're not without the presence of the Spirit of God. He abides within. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, we're grateful. We're thankful. We're mindful of all that is ours, all that belongs to us in Christ Jesus. We do not set our affection or our minds or our thoughts or our longings on things on this earth. But we set our affection, our thoughts, our desires, our longings on things above where Christ is. Sitting at your right hand, Father, in the heavenly places. That's where our affections are. That's where our intentions are. That's where we draw life from. And that life is, is deposited in us. And it rises up on the inside of us and flows like a living waterfall, water rushing river flowing out of us by the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Oh, a fresh life. A fresh life. And a refreshed life. A life of joy. A life of peace, 
a life where the love of God is shed abroad, washed all on the inside of us. Glory to God. We walk through life fearlessly. We walk through life courageously. We walk through life, Father, as true heirs of God, mindful in every challenge, in every contest of life, we're mindful that the greater one lives within. And who are these that would challenge us? And what is this that would come against us? And how great can an obstacle be when the greater one abides within? So we look down on our troubles. We look down on our difficulties with a great big heart of gratitude, knowing that they are nothing more than stepping stones to a greater place. Knowing that anything the enemy tries to do, we just use that to step up higher because we keep our foot on his head. And all of his circumstances and all of the situations that he's the author of, we laugh at. We tread upon them. We walk upon them with faith in God. And it's not a blind faith. It's a confident, overflowing, overcoming, overwhelming faith. Glory to God. For truly he puts us over. Every day, every hour, every minute, he puts us over. And we go from glory to glory to glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. For such a great salvation, such a wonderful redemption, so full and free. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mahata. Mehelo. Mohoharadeha. Shepo pohoraha. Revelementi koprofa aradi erendi mokarumba ashtadavateya. For today marks a new season. A new season and a new fresh wind blowing in. Oh, it's a wind of blessing. It's a wind of joy. Yes. It's a wind of righteousness and fullness for you. So yield to the new yield. season. And don't try to look back and say, oh, I long for this from this past season. Or I long for this in this other past season. But rather stir yourself up yeah. to recognize that the winds of the season are blowing. Yes. And things are changing. Yes. Feel the change <laughs> in the air, says the Lord. Yeah. Oh, for when you recognize it, then you can adjust. <laughs> Yeah. Adjust what you respond to and adjust the way you respond because this new season requires a new response. Yeah. A new response of faith, yeah. a new response of joy, a new response of peace, a new response yes. of righteousness, a new response of freedom, a new response of victory. Yes. Because the winds are blowing. Oh, the season has changed. Come and enjoy the new season, says the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God, 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 glory to God. Thank you, Father. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Well, great things are happening. God's doing great things among us. Make sure you don't miss out on it. You know, you can sit right here and miss out on what he's doing among us. You can even enjoy what others are enjoying for them. (laughs) But don't miss out. Take hold of it yourself. Make sure you get in on everything God's doing. Because he's not doing anything in a corner. He's not doing anything in secret. He's not doing anything in one person and not in another. It's for all of us. Amen. Everything he has is for everybody. Amen. So go for it. Reach. Over in Philippians where Paul said, I reach forward to those things that are ahead. In, In the original Greek, it says, I stretch, straining every nerve to lay hold of those things that are ahead. <laughs> Glory to God. That needs to be our heart. Stretching, straining everything we have spiritually, reaching for everything God has. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know this in the natural the more you stretch, the more you can stretch. Isn't that right? Glory to God. Oh, there's more out there, church. There's more here, church. Not just, it's not just out there somewhere. It's here. There's more here for us. Amen. Amen. We're laying hold of it. I said we're laying hold of it. We're laying hold of it as a church going on into the fullness of what he has. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Shake hands with somebody. Let somebody know you're glad to see them. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Now, when religious people hear the word, they get sad and depressed. When the when the when God restored the children of Israel back to their land after the Babylonian captivity. Nehemiah and different ones in Ezra were involved in this. And in the eighth chapter of, of, Ezra, of, of Nehemiah, says all the people together gathered together as one man in the open square. And uh, they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses. So Ezra was a priest. He brought the law. And... Uh, And he read from it from morning until midday, 
for all the men and women and those who could understand and the, and the ears of the people were attentive to the book of the law. Well, that's good. It's good to be attentive. Religious people can be very attentive. So he stood on the platform of wood that they had made for this purpose and beside him, these other people that can't pronounce their names. And uh, all, when, when, he, when he opened the books, all the people stood up. Ezra, Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and then all the people answered, amen, amen. Good amen, Connor. And they lifted up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their face to the ground. And then these other scribes helped, along with Ezra, helped the people to understand the law. The people stood in their place. So they read distinctly from the book and the law of God and they gave the sense and helped them understand the, the reading. Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe and the Levites who taught the people said to the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then they said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, Send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to our God, to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. <laughs> so the Levites quieted all the people. They were crying and moaning and full of condemnation and guilt and the Levites quieted the people saying, be still for the day is holy, do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and to rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, don't be, don't be sad, be glad. Amen. Amen. It's right to rejoice. Amen. It's right to, to, to enjoy the presence of God. We've understood the word of God more than they did. We have so much more than they had. Makes me laugh. Makes me, makes me shout. Makes me run and dance and spin about. Amen. Amen. Ha! <laughs> because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. And when those rivers of living water begin to flow, oh, glory to God, they bring refreshing, they bring joy unspeakable and full of glory. Ha, 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 ha. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People say, well, I understand the joy. I just don't know what all this laughing's about. The psalmist said, when the Lord turned again the captivity of his people. That's what we're reading about right here. When the Lord turned, about, turned again the captivity of his people, he said, we were like those who dreamed. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Amen. 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 And the heathen said, the Lord has done great things for them. Yeah. 
And he said, behold, the Lord has done great things for us, wherein we are sad. <laughs> no, wherein we are glad. Amen. Filled with laughter. He filled their tongues, their mouths was la with laughter and their tongue with singing. Yeah. Nobody gets nervous when people sing in church. Right. Well, the other side of that equation is laughing in church. Right. If he filled their mouth with laughing, he filled our mouth with laughing. He filled their tongue with singing, he filled our tongue with singing. Right. <laughs> oh, glory. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Whew. Did you find the 7th chapter of Acts? <laughs> huh. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 7. Verse 44 says, our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he appointed, instructing Moses to make it according to the pattern that he had sin, seen, which our fathers, having received it in turn, also brought with Joshua into the land possessed by the Gentiles whom God drove out before the face of our fathers until the days of David who found favor before God and asked to find a dwelling for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house, built God a house. See, in the old covenant, in the old, uh, under the law, when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and the nation of Israel was, was birthed, God raised up his people. Until that time, the people of God were not a recognized people. But the seed of Abraham had grown there in Egypt and had multiplied. And the Bible said that the, the blessing was so great upon the, the descendants of Abraham in the days just before Moses came on the scene and, uh, and during the time he was born, remember the story how he was born and hidden and, and the Pharaoh's daughter took him, you know, as her own. He grew up in Pharaoh's house. Well, during that time, the, the children of Abraham, the seed of Abraham were slaves in Egypt. And they were burdened down, pressed down with their labors. And they were multiplying so quickly, God was blessing them. And they were becoming so fruitful and, so, and multiplying in such number that the Egyptians started worrying. They said, you know, we got to do something. The, these Jews are multiplying so fast. They're, they're quickly going to be way more of them than there are of us. So they heaped more burden upon them, gave them more to do, made their, their slavery even more oppressive to the point of being just completely unbearable. And yet God just kept blessing them. And uh, God sent Moses then to take the seed of Abraham out of Egypt. 
And when he took them out, and you know the story, how he led them out across the Red Sea, God opened the Red Sea, and they went through on dry ground, and Pharaoh's army you know, came after them because that was all their slaves. You know, that's where that was their workforce. That was their labor force. So Pharaoh and his armies came after him. God drowned all of them, you know, in the sea. And, and when the children of Israel came out on the other side, they were for the first time the children of Israel. That's where the nation of Israel was born. And God gave Moses, we just read here that God gave Moses a pattern of a tabernacle. And by revelation, he went up in, in, on the mountain and God showed him all of this and showed him what the heavenly temple, the holy of holies and the throne of God, showed him what that looked like and told him, now I want you to build an earthly tabernacle off of the pattern I've shown you. So Moses came down and he instructed the children of Israel, you know, God had given them all this silver and gold and, uh, you know, they plundered the Egyptians so they had all this silver and gold. So they went out in the wilderness and they brought all of this silver and gold and all of the other things necessary to, to construct the tabernacle of witness. It was a tabernacle or a, or a, a portable, movable house because everywhere they moved, they would just pick it up and carry it with them. It was a tent or a tabernacle of witness. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be, you will be my witnesses. Well, they had the tabernacle of witness. <clears throat> and, and, they, and they brought that, you know, uh, uh, with them into the land of Canaan. <clears throat> then in David's day, you know, the, the Ark of the, uh, of the Covenant had been captured, you know, and so forth. And so in David's day, they had defeated their enemies and they brought, uh, brought all of this back. And David had a longing in his heart. He said, I want to build my God a marvelous house. Because the tabernacle of witness was pretty plain on the out. Now, inside it was full of gold. But on the outside, it was just... It was, it was badger skin. It just looked like a, a, a tent, and it was a tent made out of badger skin. Probably didn't smell all that good. It's a, it was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. On the outside, he was just common flesh, but on the inside, he was the son of the living God, pure gold, glory to God. Well, they had that, but David, it wasn't enough for David. He had a longing in his heart. He said, God's house ought to be better than this. He said, I want to build you a mansion. I mean a mansion, mansion. David was prosperous. You know, David had billions of dollars in, in today's value. But God said, no, you're a man of war. You have blood on your hands. I'm not going to let you build my house. So he gave the assignment to Solomon. And Solomon built God a house. And in Solomon's temple, there was the, the outer court where everybody could come, but then there was the inner court where only the, the uh, uh, chief priest, the high priest could only come there once a year. And in that hallowed, sacred place, just like in the tabernacle of witness, same in Moses' uh, temple, God's 
presence was in manifestation. Now we know that God is everywhere. Psalmist said, if you go as high as you can go, as low as you can go, you can go into hell. He said, God, you're there. Isn't that right? God's everywhere. We know God's omnipresent. He's everywhere. But he's not in manifestation everywhere. His presence isn't in manifestation everywhere like it is here today. God's presence, God's spirit, God's glory is in manifestation in this house today. That's what all of this was. It was a manifestation of God's presence. Well, God in the Old Testament, he dwelled, dwelt in a house made with hands. Somebody built it. Solomon built it. That temple was destroyed. Later, Herod built a temple. Jesus' day, it was Herod's temple. But it says here, in verse 47, Solomon built him a house. Everybody say house. The word temple in the Old Testament wasn't originally a religious word. You know, God takes ordinary language and then uses that language to describe things. And the word temple simply meant, meant a house, but not an ordinary house. There's another word for just common houses, but the word in the Hebrew that's translated temple referred to a, to a magnificent house, a splendid house. We would call it a mansion. Solomon built God a mansion, a house. But verse 48 says, however... The Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands. As the prophet said, now God did temporarily. But on the day of Pentecost, God came in and inhabited the temple of the church. Glory to God. He said, God does not dwell in temples made with hands. As the prophet said, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Has my hand not made all these things that you put together? No, it was never God's intention ultimately to dwell in a house that man made. He, his plan all along was to dwell in this, not, I'm not talking about brick and mortar, but in this house, the body of Christ that he made. Yes. Glory to God. God now dwells in us. Amen. I know, it's, I know the hour's late, so we won't go uh, <clears throat> into all the detail. But it says that our bodies are the temple of God. Our bodies are the temple of God. That's why he said you can't just do anything with your body. You can't just treat it any way you want to. He said you're, you're, the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. And your bodies, your bodies are the temple of the living God. Amen. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. So you and I 
as a, as a, as a believer, when you, were, you and I were born again, our spirits were recreated in union with Christ. Our inner man became new, brand new person. Old things passed away. All things became new. And your spirit, when, the ho- when you got born again, the Holy Spirit moved into that newly created spirit on the inside of you. Your human spirit, the Holy Spirit moved into that, took possession. Because Paul said, if any man doesn't have the spirit of Christ, he's not his. So if you're born again, you have the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit in you. Jesus said, he have, he's with you, but he will be in you. Oh, glory. So our bodies are the temple of God. The temple of God. He lives on the inside of us. What, a, what, a, what an amazing thing. I mean, if it wasn't in the Bible, you, 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 you wouldn't believe it. If it wasn't in there and somebody said something like that, you'd say, you're crazy. That's the most bizarre, outlandish, unthinkable, impossible thing anybody could utter, but God did it. That's why, that's why I have so much confidence when, when people come up for miracles. A, a man that used to come to our church years ago, many of you remember Joel Brakovich? He, he put an article out uh, a couple of weeks ago <clears throat> from a book he read about the creation of the universe from, from, from physicists, from science. And he talked about all of the, uh, the things that were involved in the creation of the universe and how it happened so quickly. The universe came from nothing. All of a sudden it was there and it expanded to its present form in, I mean, just in, in, a, in a few moments. All of the stars, all of the solar systems, all of the galaxies, all of that was created. And, and, and this physicist went through all of, the, all of the brief amount of time that it took for all of this to happen and be complete and then it stopped expanding. Just is. He said, God created the universe in about the time it takes to make a sandwich. <laughs> about the time it takes for you and me to make a sandwich, God created the whole universe. So, so you know whatever your little puny need is. <laughs> Glory to God. So, so it, doesn't, it doesn't challenge me at all. To think that God's spirit, the same one who dwelt in that place in the tabernacle where there was fire and smoke and trembling, the same God who dwelt in, in Solomon's temple, that same presence is in me and in you. Oh, how little we appreciate that. How little we appreciate the full impact of that. It's going to take eternity, I'm sure. Glory to God. God did all of that because that was his plan from the beginning. Moses' tabernacle was just a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, but also a type of the church. And also a type of the believer. 
Solomon's temple was a type of the church, a type of the believer. Glory to God. And then it says in the third chapter of 1 Corinthians, when we gather together by the Spirit of God. You know, Paul made this statement to, to the church at Corinth. He said, when you gather together with my Spirit and the Lord Jesus Christ, See, when we, we come together, we don't just come together on our own. You know, I've talked about that. We come because we've, we've been drawn here. We've been called here. We, we, God has called us to, to assemble together. Well, when we come, we come and we assemble together along with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's here. And just like you, you individually, your, your body has become the temple of the Holy Ghost because the Holy Spirit lives in your spirit, in the same degree... In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it talks about the local church as being the temple of God. See, collectively we are the temple of God. And he dwells in us as a body of believers. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you, John said you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have an unction. You have an anointing from the Holy One. The Holy Spirit inside you, there's a certain degree of God's glory and God's presence in you all the time. But when you and 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 all of y'all, we all get together, there's a greater degree of glory. There's a greater presence that because God fills us collectively in a greater measure than he's able to do individually. <clears throat> That's why he calls us together. Yeah, I know some people believe, well, I can just be a Christian, just a good Christian, stay at home. No, you can't. I didn't say you couldn't be a Christian, but you can't be as good a Christian because you weren't designed to stay by yourself. You were not designed to experience Christ in isolation from other believers. You were designed to come together and bring the anointing that is with you and let it join up with the anointing of other believers who've been called into one place where God can fill us with a greater glory. <laughs> and, when we, and when we submit to the Holy Spirit, when we entertain the, you know, the Holy Spirit has to be, I don't mean entertain like put on a show. He has to be, what's another word for the way I'm using entertain? He has to be hosted would be one word. You have to, you have to give place to the Holy Spirit. You have to, you have to purposely yield to him or, or, he, or he won't bother you. He won't manifest himself if you don't pay attention to him. The Bible says God's a jealous God and, he, and he, doesn't, he doesn't put up with any foolishness. If you want to have your attention on other things, he'll just let you. He won't impose himself. He, he, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's more aware of who he is. He wants us to recognize who he is not have him recognize who we are. He wants us to yield to him, not the other way around. He's not going to yield to us. He's bigger than that. 
He's too high. He's too holy. And so when a body, a local body, doesn't give place to the Holy Spirit, they don't, you, you, you can sing about the Holy Spirit. You can go through a creed and say things. But when you don't really give him place, he'll just be quiet. He won't do anything. But when you have a body of believers who, who entertain the presence of God, who welcome the presence of God, and who yield to the presence and, and submit to the presence and are hungry for the presence of God. Hungry, desirous that desirous that God would move among us, that he would be himself among us and do what he wants to do. And we're not ashamed of, of, of rejoicing in his presence. And we're not ashamed to be moved on by the Spirit and jump out of our seat and run and shout and dance and however he moves upon us. We're not ashamed of anything. We just want God's presence. Oh, boy. God finds a church like that. It pleases him. It pleases him. Glory to God. Because he designed the church, the local church, to be a place where he could inhabit. A place of habitation. Ephesians 2.22 says a place of habitation by the Spirit. Glory to God. Ooh, Hallelujah. It's refreshing, isn't it? Isn't it refreshing to be in God's presence? Isn't it refreshing when he manifests his glory? And, and it manifests in so many different ways. Sometimes, you know, we, we end up laughing and singing. Sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's shouting. Sometimes it's just a holy awe and reverence. We just sit in God's presence. But the key is let God be God. Let his presence fill us, do anything he wants to do. I tell you what, you and I, I know you agree with this. I'd rather be, I'd rather have God's presence and manifestation than anything I want to do. Anything I can do, anything you can do, anything in, anything in, in the natural. Nothing, nothing without the anointing comes close. Nothing of man Nothing human, nothing of my ability, your ability, your talents, my talent, nothing that is natural and common holds a candle to the presence of God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't that good? That God would fill us? That God would, he, he said, I will walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Let's stand up. Praise the Lord. Isn't that good that God would, God would be so gracious to us? Hallelujah. I tell you, church, we're reaching. We're reaching. I said we're reaching. Amen. Help us reach. We're reaching. I'll say it again. We must hunger for a meaningful encounter with God when we come together. And this does not mean expecting any particular emotion, demonstration, or manifestation of the Spirit for all of these things flow from him, out of him. And he can do what he wants to do when he wants to. Our key is, is to not try to dictate how he's going to move. Our, our, our job is to desire his presence, to hunger for his presence.
Glory to God. Hallelujah. There are a lot of things that are important to God. There are a lot of things in our lives, your life and my life, that are important. How we live is important. What kind of testimony we have, the way we conduct ourselves, our lifestyles and so forth. Before this world, that's important. Letting our light shine in this dark world is very important to God. Our witness, our uh, responding to the Spirit when he moves upon us to do something that would help somebody else, whether it is to share a word of encouragement or, or, or to help them in time of need. They're, all of those things are important, but when we come together, God has a different purpose. When, we, when he calls us together, it isn't, for, it isn't for what we do outside. It's what, we're do, what God wants to do on the inside here. Amen. The local church is called together to strengthen us, to minister to us, for God's presence to fill us, for the word to go forth, for God to move among us and confirm and give revelation and understanding to us so that when we go out through those doors, we are the people of God. And, and, and it's evident to people that we've been with God. That's what he wants to do when we come together. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, we're so grateful. We're grateful for your presence. We do not take it lightly when you move like you have this morning. We don't take it lightly. We don't take it for granted. We purpose in our hearts that these things never become common. but that we always reverence and have a hunger for you to move among us, that your presence would fill us as a body each and every time we come together so that you could do, you can do what you want to do. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.